Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and we're joined by a special guest, Doris Nagel of Globalocity Services at globalocityservices.com. Doris, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Can you explain to the listener like what you do? Like what, what is Globalocity Services all about? We're all about helping companies grow their sales, um, but focusing primarily on what we call indirect channels to market. So there are, if you look at Amazon, there's thousands of books on sales enablement and customer experience uh, and on how to develop your sales skills. But most companies in some form or other use indirect sales channels and there's very little written about that. So the way I like to describe direct sales is selling to the customer Whereas using partners is selling through your partners to reach more customers. And indirect partners can be a lot of different things. That it, Depending on your industry, it might be a classic stocking distributor. It might be uh, an OEM uh, or licensee. It could be a franchisee. It could be a wholesaler. Uh, in the hardware and software world, they call them VARs or value-added resellers and systems integrators. And when it comes to service businesses, it can even be referral partners. So we're pretty passionate about helping companies do a better job of selling through partners to reach markets. And it's not as easy as it sounds because you're dealing with a completely independent company and uh, you need to partner effectively, quite frankly, in order for your sales to really grow. It is not the same as selling direct. That is awesome. And for this episode, if we focus this power of indirect sales onto the course creator, um, sales, so there's a saying that sales heals all wounds, so, which, is a, which is a problem for course creators, especially if they're more of the expert than the entrepreneur. Right. Maybe they're not used to sales and marketing. It can be a lot more relaxing and, uh, to you know, basically build a sales force through indirect partners instead of right. doing a bunch of direct sales. Um, let's talk a little bit about the landscape of the different kinds of uh, indirect partners. Uh, what comes to mind to me are aff affiliates, um, mm -hmm. joint venture partners, right, and even using your your own customers or students as a sales force. Absolutely. You also mentioned value added resellers, and then there's licensing, right? Which is really interesting. So let's get into some of those. Can you talk sure. about those? Yeah. Well, where where do you think uh, where do you think it would make sense to start? I think in the online business world, people are really, as they get into selling and having an online business, they're aware of affiliate marketing and yep. affiliates. But they're not really thinking about all these other possibilities out there. But let's start with affiliates. And there's, you know, like with Lifter LMS, there's, you can plug in Affiliate WP. People can sign up on the website to sell your course for you, get their, their own unique affiliate link that gets tracked and so on. Uh, and they can earn a commission for selling your course or membership. Right. But yep. how how do you help people find success with affiliate marketing for courses? 
Well, I think one of the first things is that we stress it's important that you have a very clear value proposition. So your value proposition may not really resonate with lots of partners that are out there. Um, in our experience, there's all too often companies who are looking for affiliate marketing or referral partners have quite a number of them and they either sign them up just because they happen to run across them and they have coffee and they say, hey, wouldn't it be neat if we, you know, if we were, uh, we referred stuff to each other. And um, so you end up a lot of times with this collection of referral partners, but the same thing happens with referral partners as has with, happens with distributors, which is that you find that most of the business that actually has any money coming from it is limited to maybe 10% of those or, or less even. So you've got all these partners that uh, sound great and you're all excited and you get some you know initial excitement going and you talk about a couple things but they don't actually end up going anywhere and uh, so you waste a lot of time just it's just the same as in the the distributor world that's exactly what happens with classic stocking distributors for manufacturers as well as they you know, you sign up a distributor, it sounds great, but then things, you know, there's a flurry of stuff and then, you know, <laughs> then before long, it's, you know, wow, haven't heard from them in a long time. What are we going to do? Uh, should they still be a partner? And I think part of it is is twofold. One is, is that there's not necessarily a clear value proposition. So but what I mean by that is that we're all really focused on selling our own thing, right? And so your referral partners are focused on selling their thing too. So unless you can truly find a situation where one plus one equals three or five, you're probably not going to get a lot of traction um, because there's not enough mutual benefit. Um, so, you know, unless you happen to find somebody who's interested and you think of it, you're not going to end up referring business or you may try a few, but they don't really stick. And, you know, um, so so they, they may not have been a great fit to begin with. Um, the, and, and the value prop, you know, I think a lot of us think, oh, you're, you're going to get these great referral fees. You ought to be really super motivated. But the reality is, is that it's hard usually selling somebody else's stuff besides your own. It's hard enough to sell your own stuff, your own offering, much less trying to sell somebody else's as well. So unless you really have a value proposition where there's a space that you can carve out where the where both of you are really going to create something new and different, it's it's really tough to to get much traction. Could you give us an example of carving out that that space and getting that alignment on the value proposition? It, whether it's in the course world or manufacturing or wherever, what's a really good example of that? Well, I think we've got a really good example in our own business. Um, you know, we've partnered with a company called Brindos in the UK, and 
they had they they focus mostly on Europe. They do what we do, so technically they're a competitor. Um, and so it's interesting how competitors can actually be sometimes some really interesting and some of the most productive partners out there. But you have to be pretty brave. Um, so how how do you do that without getting into? I mean, how do you? How do you partner with your competitor? Well, it's it's not always easy. Usually, though, you have to have some complementary thing that you're good at. Maybe you have different geographies. So in our case with Brindis, they focus mostly on Europe. We focus mostly on Europe and Latin America um, and, and, and North America. Um, so, you know, in the rest of the world, we kind of, we kind of share. Um, and they had they have a very similar mindset to ours, very similar approach. They, like us, wanted to create an online course, and we pooled our resources and said, "You know, let's put aside our differences. Let's just figure out because it's going to be a lot easier for both of us to work together to create this offering." And uh, through the through the process, you know, it's just been a phenomenal partnership. Um, very rewarding, I think. Uh, I think Brendis would say the same. It's been very rewarding for both of us, and what we're creating is no question about it. Much better, different, more unique, um, more captivating. I, I hope uh, than either of us could create separately. And then you both promote it, right? And we both promote it exactly. Is so this now, all? So now on. is. Go ahead. Sorry. Because you're getting into course world, uh, we have a little bit of a rabbit hole to go down here. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> which is, uh, is this uh, like a free course for lead generation or is it a paid course? Um, well, we'll not. see. We'll see where it goes. I mean, obviously, like all uh, course creators. And by the way, we like to, we, we basically don't call it a course. In ours, we, it's a learning journey or a program because it is blended consulting and uh, online training and exercising, exercises and coaching and mentoring. So, so hold on a second. A course. I, I, oh no, no, another rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, we talk about a lot on this on this podcast the value of a stack. So it's course plus. Yes. So you said course plus coaching plus mentoring. Mentoring, accountability to the extent we can provide it. I think the accountability piece is one of the toughest ones. And it's, you know, it's why so many people never finish online courses, right? Um, and, 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 and it's why it's so hard for consultants to guarantee results is because you, you can't really hold, it's so difficult to hold your your B2B client accountable for it. Or even in even in the even if you're you're trying to reach individuals, you know, it's a weight loss program. I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta do the work, right? To really get the benefit out of it. And what is your course? Like what is the elevator pitch for that course? Well the elevator pitch is uh, it's international distribution unplugged. 
So uh, our value prop is that a lot of folks in our experience manage distributors internationally. They find them, they train them, and they manage them internationally. There are tons of free resources out there that government agencies provide that offer courses on how to characterize your product to, to be able to export it physically, um, you know, how to do market research in the local market, uh, even programs that are, you know, you go on a three-day trip and go, go meet some potential distributors, but not really anything on how to effectively partner with these people, how to have a process that's repeatable and scalable, and how to apply the basic concepts of building partnerships so that you end up with a, an ecosystem of distributors that actually generate results instead of just, you know, your top 10% and the rest you're just frankly wasting time with. Well, that's awesome. And I love that unique insight of looking for uh, potential partnerships within your, with your competitors in terms of um, online education. That's really fascinating. Um, well, and by, by the way, I just want to say online education, I think, is a great way to potentially take partners that you have and bring them into the fold. So, you know, you, you partnered with uh, an affiliate or, or various affiliates for a reason. They have expertise that you don't have. So think about using your online course or training or program or however you want to call it, your stack, and draw them in. Um, have them do a video cameo for your online uh, offering so that they get some free promotion. You look smart because you have all these people at your fingertips who can speak articulately about related areas. And um, now all of a sudden you're, you're truly partnering and creating something together. That's awesome. In the online world, I often think about what you're talking about there in terms of what's known as a JV or joint venture. It's, it's one thing to sign up for an affiliate account to promote somebody's course or product and drop links in social media or send a yeah. newsletter. It's right. something completely different to do a joint venture partnership and figure out how to make it a, a really a win-win. And like you say, one plus one isn't just two. It, it's something even better than two. It's, it's more valuable than that. Well, we're big advocates of what we call a partnering mindset. Um, in fact, last year, we merged with a company called Partnering Intelligence that actually has a whole framework on partnering because we realized that selling through to customers is really about effective partnering. And the first thing you need to have to really have an effective partnership, you need two things, always. And if you don't have these, you probably are not going to have an effective affiliate partnership or a partnership of any kind. There needs to be mutual benefit and there needs to be trust. And if you don't have true mutual benefit, if it's mostly one way you're referring stuff but nothing comes back, you're not going to see mutual benefit. And also, you're probably not going to have much trust because you're going to think, I'm doing all the work here. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you bringing to the partnership? Um, so, so having a partnering mindset basically 
being open to share ideas. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot, too, about what we call the partnering paradox. So you partner with someone else because they bring something you don't have. They have customers you don't have. They have expertise you don't have. They have talent you don't have and skill set. And so unless you take the time to really explore what those are, um, why partner? Because they're going to do things differently than you are. So um, you need to take time to understand that about each other. And, and it should be a mutual thing. They're partnering with you because you have something they don't have. And what is that? Um, and so how do you go about really taking the time to understand that, to understand how you go about things differently? And that's where the, the creative juices really start to flow. You mentioned a, a word. I just wanted to see if I could unpack, or, or an acronym, I should say, um, VAR, Value Added Reseller. How do we think about, what is that? Can you unpack that? I'm just trying to see how that would apply to online business. Well, a, a value-added reseller is essentially someone who takes product, physical product. So if you think about the electronics, the hardware, software world, it's a, it's a, a company that may take different hardware components. So a mouse from Lenovo and a keyboard from um, Hewlett-Packard and a monitor from somewhere else. They bundle them together, not just as products, but then they also offer services. They help people configure the, uh, the various hardware pieces that, that need, to, um, need to be put together. So in that sense, they offer something that's, that, yes, it incorporates their suppliers, products, but it becomes a new offering, essentially, so that uh, they've bundled services with it. So, um, you know, it's, and, and they have a local customer base. So in that sense, they're, they're a, a partner that resells your product, but they also create a unique offering for their customers. That's really cool. That reminds me of... Um like in the online course space, we call, we have this expression called the technology Frankenstein that or software <laughs> Frankenstein that people end up with or failure yeah. to launch because of the software. Yeah. Um, but there are people out there who build services around reducing that friction, like right. all the way down to actually like shooting the video. Um, Absolutely. Editing it, you know, getting the tools, setting up the website, getting the hosting, like, so they're basically adding value through training and done-for-you services right. with a stack of hardware and software. So that's a really interesting professional way of you know, integrating what can be complex into something really more approachable for the market. Well, you know, I think customers more and more are looking for solutions. And this is where... A lot, I think a lot of the various software apps um, maybe go a little wrong. I, I don't know about wrong is the right way. I'm, but, I'm guilty. I but, say, but it's, I've okay, said, but it's, I've but said it's, in marketing it's easy, but it's not necessarily. Well, the, the problem for the, the user, you know, think about, so think about your, your VAR as a kind of a simplified example. You're a business and, um, 
Yeah, you need to buy a keyboard and you need to buy some, you know, uh, you know, Windows 10 and you need to buy some software and you need to buy a bunch of this and that. And you know what? You don't really want to deal with somebody who says, hey, you really should buy my keyboard because these are the coolest keyboards on the face of the planet. What you want as a business, you want somebody who's going to fix your problem, somebody who's going to come in and give you the solution, the answer. Here's the package you need of everything to make your life easy. And, you know, I think, you know, I just think about myself. I look out there and I think, um, oh, I, maybe I need an app for this or maybe I need a little something that does this. And wow, you start, before you know it, you got yourself a flipping Christmas tree of, you know, stuff that you're trying to make stick together. You know, you got your autoresponder and you got your CRM and you got your LMS and you got, you know, your website hosting and, oh my goodness, you know, and none of it talks to each other. What you want is just somebody that's going to make it easy for you. Uh, somebody who's going to give you a solution that's going to help you launch whatever to help you facilitate to do what is your core offering. And I I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of neat techie ideas out there, very cool stuff, but at the end of the day, wow, it starts to get really overwhelming for the average user. That reminds me of kind of the construction industry where, you know, we may, we could go out and we could buy a really nice drill, drill but what right. we actually want is a hole in the wall. But what we actually right. want is like a house right. and we want somebody to put it together. But what we actually want is a place to raise a family or come home at night or whatever. That's what we actually want. Right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly right. People don't buy stuff. Yeah. They 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 buy to a need and whatever that need is and different people frame it differently but um but um that you know that I think is one of the biggest challenges today is uh and you know maybe circling back to affiliate marketing and and finding good affiliates is what are the problems your customer is really trying to solve and what bits do you bring and are there others out there who have other pieces to the puzzle that you and and are willing to consider truly partnering that you know can allow you to bring together an offering that's completely unique yeah that's that's awesome i want to dig into something else you said which was licensing and I want to give an example out there in the online course space. Um, I sell software at lifterlms.com and we have uh, demo courses that are real courses about how to use Lifter LMS, but we also have one on how to just work with WordPress. Sometimes Lifter LMS people uh, or who are interested in building these courses and membership sites, we're actually their very first introduction to WordPress. Absolutely. So we have a, so we have a WordPress training course. Yeah. I can make that, but I don't. I license it from the yep. best in the business, which is Sean Hesketh from WP101. I pay an annual license fee to be able to use his videos. I structure the course and Beautiful. I provide value to my audience. So that's how yep. I do licensing or that's yep. how I'm a customer of, a, of licensing for courses. Can you right. tell us more about how it works? Well, that that that's it in a nutshell is um, taking either taking 
um, you, something you've created and extending your reach by licensing it to somebody else. So in Sean's case, um, he's increased his market research by licensing his offering to you. You promote it to your customers, and so lots of new eyeballs get to see it, which is great for him. Uh, that's a double win for him. He gets the licensing fee, and he gets all the exposure. Um, you know, you might l license something to someone else. So, uh, you know, maybe you have uh, a plug-in that has multiple uses, and you could license it to somebody else who needs it and um, get a recurring stream of revenue of license fees. And maybe even keep your brand on some of it so that you get some residual marketing benefit. That's awesome. You also said something I wanted to understand what it was. I believe it was OEM. Is that right? Oh yeah. Original is... equipment manufacturer. Okay. So, so that's people who make something that can be incorporated into something else. So, um, you know, it's interesting. You and I were talking about, uh, using learning management systems. So you could, for example, offer, I'm just saying, not suggesting you should, but just one idea of a way your business could be wrapped into something else is that you might be able to offer an entire uh, corporate learning offering. You partner with people to create content. You're the platform and, um, and you bundle it together to create this learning solution for companies. Um, in the, you know, the OEM world, the classic OEM world is, is in the manufacturing world. So think of the uh, auto parts manufacturers. They then would produce parts for, say, Ford or General Motors or BMW. And so they are OEM suppliers to those car manufacturers. So essentially, they've increased their, their sales. Uh, yes, they sell directly to Ford and General Motors, but at the end of the day, they're selling their parts through those manufacturers to reach lots and lots of customers who buy the vehicle who has their parts in it. Let's shift gears and talk about uh, indirect sales through customers. Is it possible? Like, what do you recommend if somebody is like wants to explore the idea of developing their actual own customers as, you know, in, an indirect sales team? If they're not necessarily classically trained salespeople, but they love the product, got results of the product, how how does that work? Well, you know, it's interesting. People talk, people use the word partnership in a lot of different ways, right? So you can have a business partnership and you and your partner are business partners or uh, you have a marriage partnership or, uh, you know, joint venture partnership. So, and, and people in the sales world often talk about their customers being partners. Um, and, you know, I always like to stop them and say, well, so what, so what, just what do you mean by that um, to understand it? It is possible, I think, the best customer relationships, the deepest, longest, most productive are ones that do start to resemble a classic business partnership where you're exploring ways, again, that you can take one plus one and make it be three or five even. 
And um, so but you need to obviously, just like any kind of partnership, you need to walk before you run. Um, you need to make sure you're really aligned because the last thing you want to do is uh, trash a relationship with a great customer. Wow, you really don't want to do that. Um, that's a lose-lose proposition. That That's where one, <laughs> one plus one equals minus five. Um, so you really want to think about that. Take it slow. Uh, really think about ways to work together. Um, one of the things we really advocate is using a framework. Um, most people, honestly, are... We're all pretty bad at partnering, to be honest with you. You know, if you ask people, are you good at partnering? They'll say, well, sure, I'm a team player, of course. I'm a, you know, I'm a fraud. I'm, I'm for the team, you know. But the reality is, and, and I, I liken it to uh, driving. So if you ask people, are you above a an above average driver? Everybody goes, of course I am. Well, you know, and surveys basically say consistently 80% of us say that we're above average. I, I, I don't know how much math most of us remember, but that, that is not possible. Half of us are worse than average drivers, and half of us are worse than average at partnering, too. And so if you can use a framework, uh, it can be really, really helpful, a structured framework. It may seem a little... Um, awkward at first, but it's, you know, it's like um, like a, a framework for giving effective feedback or for resolving conflict. It, um, it, it provides a safe and structured environment to really um, say a lot of the things that really need to be said, the fears that you might have and concerns and be able to lay them out on the table. Because you need to do that if you're going to have, especially with a customer to 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 form a partnership. That's awesome. You mentioned um, part of this, you know, above average problem of partnerships is a lack of onboarding for right. referral partners. Right. Can you talk about the onboarding problem? Well, it's you know it's interesting. Again, I go back to all of us are really focused and struggling on doing our own thing and trying to sell our own thing. And to really have an effective referral partner, you need to truly understand and be effective salespeople really for each other's products. And that requires an investment of time. Um, it requires an investment to understand. So if I were going to be a Lifter LMS referral partner, for example, I'd really want to understand not only the features and the benefits, because that's the thing everybody thinks about. Um, I, I'd really want to understand, though, who are your effective customers? How do you effectively sell this to people? How would I repackage that to sell it effectively to my customers? And um, so onboarding is a series of things. It's not just here's my service and, you know, here's what I do. It's here's, here's the customers that really work for me. Here's the process that's really effective for converting customers. Here's the kinds of marketing collateral that, uh, that, that we ought to, you know, jointly produce or have review review and editorial process over. Um, it takes a long time to really learn how to sell a product 
the way you would do it and to understand all of your expectations about how you would want to do business with a customer. That's great. And I mean, really, there's that's grounds for potential um, training courses for uh, referral partners. It so. is definitely that. It is definitely that. Um, like I said, most of us are in the referral world. I've been there. I know. <laughs> you know, you, you sign up partners. You're like, oh, this would be great. Sure. Oh, yeah, this is, you know, complimentary space. And, you know, wouldn't it be great? And um, but, but you really find that unless you sit down and really spend a lot of time and invest that, that time in understanding what is it you're trying to sell? How do you go about selling it? Are there better ways to sell it? Are there better ways to sell it to your client base? Um, that's, where, that's where the real synergies and the real magic happen. One of the things I do personally is I go to, um, there's a few masterminds that I go to that are, they're very, some of them are bigger than others, but um, it's just a breeding ground for partnerships and just open conversation around, you know, especially when we're sharing a same or overlapping customer. Yeah. Uh, it's just been very beneficial for me to explore partnerships by getting out of the building, getting out of my home office, put, leaving the computer away and going and meeting people in my industry or overlapping industries. That was, that's been the key for me for partnerships. Well, and not only that, but one of the keys is that by going to that venue, you have already got a pool of potential partners who have something you share in common. You've already taken the step to get out of your office and to go meet like-minded people who are interested in partnering. And I'm guessing that's why a lot of people will go to those is they really are looking for partners. And that's really the first step. Um, it, it, is, it is tough to make what I call the missionary sale, which is, you, you know, you just happen to run into somebody, you have coffee and you go, well, you know, we, shouldn't we work together? Um, you know, they might say, well, sure, you know, hey, if you can, you know, I'll put them a little effort in if you can sell some of my stuff great. You know, that's super. But um, I think we would call that a tactical relationship as, as opposed to a strategic partnership. Yeah. And I would call like the one you have with, um, with, uh, with Sean, for example, with WordPress, that sounds like much more like a strategic partnership. It's not just, you know, flinging some stuff out there and hoping it sticks. And we've met many times in person or on the, you know, on a call like this, you know, he's been on the podcast. I mean, there's a lot of layers to, to working together and, yep. you know, I'm honored to work with great people like him. Yep. Absolutely. I have to add, this may feel a little left field, the question, but uh, this comes up from time to time on the podcast and, and just in general, I have this question and I don't have the answer to it and it, it uh -oh. involves it involves partnership, so I think you might have some insight. I don't but, know. We'll see. <laughs> but one of the things I've noticed is, you know, Lyft LMS is a software product, but in the software world in general, um, what I find is that the best training on how to use a software is never made by the company that makes it. 
And the person who does the course about how to use the software, you know, if they're good, like, like there's an episode on this podcast with um, Joseph Michael. He does a uh, he does a training on how to use the Scrivener software, which is a software for people use to stay organized and write books. And he, you know, he talks about that. But there's all kinds of just like Sean. Sean doesn't work at WordPress, but he has the you know the best training course on how to get going with WordPress and WooCommerce and other things. Um, the number one selling course on Udemy is an Excel course. It's made by some guy. It's not made by Microsoft. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any ideas why these software companies just are not, they can't get it, they can never produce the, the best training? Any you thought? know, you're, you're too close to it. We <laughs> all are too close to it. And it's why a partner can really help you create a better process. Uh, like I said, when, when we partnered with Brenda's to create our offering, um, wow, we just pushed each other all the time. We're like, that, that's irrelevant. That's stupid. That's too far into the weeds. That's not entertaining. That's not, you know, whatever it was, we just kept pushing each other. I think the problem is, is that most of us are too close to our offering. Um, you know, and, and we talk about this even with, um, with partners. The problem is, is that it, it's, it's the old iceberg analogy, right? There's, there's the stuff that you talk about, which is on top of the water. And then there's all of the stuff that's underneath about how to use it and how to really make it effective and, and, and what the expectations are and, and the other little things that are related to it. And um, you try it. We are all so immersed in our own company culture and our own idea flow that it is really difficult sometimes to step back and say, okay, now I, I get all this cool stuff, but how would I explain this to my mother? You know, that's how, that's, that's the, you know, that's why somebody coming from the outside doesn't really understand it. It has to come to grips with it. it says, I get there's all this stuff and it's all very interesting, but you got to explain it the way you would tell your mother or your neighbor next door or your, your teenage kid or whatever. And that's really hard to do when you're so close to it. Well said. So if you're listening to this and you're at the beginning and you're still trying to figure out which course you should make and, you know, how do you increase the odds of success? Maybe explore, you know, this, this type of partnership so that you don't have to do it all alone. You don't have to create it from scratch. And there may be somebody out there um, who needs a clear thinking, you know, instructional design type person who's not as close to whatever the thing is to, uh, you know, that has a huge database of customers that are already paying money looking for some kind of solution. Um, Doris, I want to really thank you for coming on the show and sharing all this indirect sales wisdom with us. Um, Thanks so much for having me, Chris. This is a just, delight. Absolutely. And just sharing from experience, I've, I was more focus on just kind of content marketing and doing my thing. But once I started getting into the world of partnerships of various levels, that's when things really started taking off. I have a business partner. 
I have, you know, affiliate partners. I engage with my customers at a deep level. Um, I'm always looking for, you know, ways to cross pollinate with, you know, others, but that's what, that was really the key. And I'd encourage you, the listener to explore partnerships and relationships as a, what can, what might be a more powerful mechanism of sales than just doing all the direct sales yourself and just focusing on content marketing. Doris, where can people find out more about you and connect with you? So they should feel free to email me anytime about anything. Um, love talking about partnerships of any kind at Doris, D-O-R-I-S dot Nagel, N-A-G-E-L, at Globalocity Services. So it's like global and O-C-I-T-Y, um, Dot com and uh, you can call me 847-984-2816. Uh, I'm in the Chicago area, at least for now. And, um, you know, uh, you can find us on our, po- our own podcast on YouTube uh, and also watch for our new learning journey, uh, our international distribution uh Unplugged at learning.globalocityservices.com, our new learning cafe website. That's awesome. And Doris just can't help teaching even as she's signing off. Notice how she gave out her, you know, made it easy for people to get in touch. I think there's a tendency for people to hide behind the website or not have the phone number or whatever. But um, if you're open to make it easy for people to partner with you is what I'm saying. So thanks for that tip and your sign off there. Thank you. Again, thanks so much, Chris. It was an honor. You bet.